All right, good evening, everybody, and welcome to Grafted. Uh, to start us off, I'll be reading a passage out of 1 Corinthians 4, 5 through 6. So if you would take a second to turn there in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 4, 5 through 6. All right, so the passage says, Therefore, do not go on passing judgment before the time, but wait until the Lord comes, who will both bring to light the things hidden in the darkness and disclose the motives of men's hearts. And then each man's praise will come to him from God. Now these things, brethren, I have figuratively applied to myself and Apollos for your sakes, so that in us you may learn not to exceed what is written, so that no one of you will become arrogant in behalf of one against the other. All right, guys, so our amazing teaching pastor, Sean Farrell, is actually out for the night. He's a bit busy with a few work-related tasks, but uh, lucky for us, over the past couple of months, we've had a few different guest speakers come in and share the word with us. And tonight we have another guest speaker who is actually here to share the importance of pursuing healthy relationships. So without further ado, please help me welcome up Pastor Nigel Shaler. Good to be here, guys. Uh, fun to be in your new location. This is awesome, isn't it? Man, the library. Who's actually taken the book out of the library so far? Put your hands up nice and high. Who has not taken the book out of it? Put your hand up, please. Shame on you. It is a zero, right? Yes, it is. Like, uh, that's what I thought, yeah. Man, um, so, such a good thing to have all those books out there. What a tremendous resource. And I uh, hope you guys take advantage of that. But I, uh, I got to go around a bunch of the CGs uh, in January, February, I think it was. And uh, the elders kind of visited a bunch of those and got to share some things from our heart. And I was, they asked me to speak on the discipline of relationships. That was the title given to me, the discipline of relationships. And I have no clue what that means. Well, what's a discipline of relationships? I don't, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me, right? But I do know that relationships are important in the body of Christ. I know that relationships are important uh, for every one of us. We can't do without relationships, special friendships that kind of come along, you know. These are, these are important things. And, uh, and, uh, but there are things that can mess up the special friendships too. And, uh, and we want to be aware of some principles uh, from God's word uh, that can do that. Amen? Amen. Okay, good. All right. Good. <laughs> um, and so I wanted to go to 1 Corinthians. You know, 1 Corinthians is really interesting because it's written to, uh, Paul's writing to a church in Corinth, and this church was totally messed up. They had broken down relationships. These people were not loving one another, they didn't care for one another, there was divisions in the church. And uh, Paul even starts out in chapter 1, he says, you know, some of you are of Apollos, some of you are of Cephas, some of you of Paul, some of Christ. And then he says, has Christ become divided? That was this church, it was divided. And there were people in there who were at odds with one another, and, uh, and they couldn't get along. And so Paul is writing this whole letter to help them get along and to learn to love one another and to be kind and gracious and patient with each other. That's why there's, a, there's right in, in the middle there is chapter 13, 1 Corinthians 13. We call it the what chapter? Love. The love chapter, yeah. So, and uh, it's not just uh, the chapter that you read at weddings. Actually, the purpose of the chapter 
was not even to be read at a wedding. It was to help this church get along because they weren't getting along. So well, I wanted to go here because there's a couple of principles in chapter four that I think is going to be helpful. I'm not preaching tonight. We're going to do, I, I do a lot of counseling, okay? So that's kind of what I do. I hang out at Starbucks <laughs> all week long from six in the morning till 10 at night or whenever they close the doors on me. And I'm just talking with people all the time about, generally it's going to be about relationships. If I get caffeine disease, it's FBC's fault, okay? Because like, I'm just always there and, uh, and drinking coffee to, to keep myself going. But this is what I do. I talk to people about relationships all the time. And there's a couple principles here which I go to often. And I figured if it works there, it's going to work like for you guys as well. This is a mass counseling session. I've got some exercises for you guys to do in the middle of all of this. And we'll get you into small groups and we'll do some stuff. It'll be fun. So let's jump in. Uh, it's, it's chapter four. What's funny? Are you laughing at me? Okay, well, that's good then. Okay, all right. All right. Uh, chapter four. Verses 5 and 6, this is how you remember it, 4, 5, 6. Chapter 4, verses 5 and 6 is key. There's two principles, really key. Paul says, therefore, do not go on passing judgment. Interesting little command, isn't it? Don't go on passing judgment. The, the tense of this command is actually cut it out. You've been doing this, judging one another, Corinthians, and you've got to cut it out. This has been the practice, but stop. Stop now and don't go on judging one another. Cut it out right now. So he, but he says it this way. Don't go on passing judgment before the time. Isn't that an interesting little addition there? Like before what time? What time is he referring to? Well, the answer is actually right here in the next phrase. Because he says, but wait until the Lord comes. Okay, that's the time. So stop passing judgment on one another. And wait until the Lord comes, because when the Lord comes, he's going to pass judgment. And when he does it, he's going to do it rightly. You guys, he's talking to the Corinthians. The Corinthians, don't, you don't know how to do it rightly. You're not getting it straight. You're not doing it justly and righteously. But wait, because when Jesus comes and when he passes out judgment on the church, when he evaluates our lives, he's going to get it right. So wait until then. You're not doing it right. Wait till he comes. He will do it right. But look at this. There's, there's two ways that he will be able to get it right. He says this. Wait until the Lord comes who will, number one, both bring to light the things hidden in the darkness. And then secondly, he will disclose the motives of men's hearts. Let's deal with number one. He will bring to light the things hidden in the darkness. Now. There's all kinds of things in all of our lives that are secrets. There are things that we do behind closed doors. No one knows about those things. Those are the things that really do uh, tell us who we really are. Those things that we think we get away with and no one knows about. That really is who we are. But God knows about all those things. And he's going to disclose it all. So when he comes and judges, he will judge us on the basis of all of those secret things that he's very much aware of, even though no one else is. And then secondly, he will judge by disclosing the motives of men's hearts. In other words, he doesn't just judge the uh, words and actions. 
But he judges our hearts, our motives, our desires, our loves, those things that really motivate us and push us to do what we do. He's going to disclose all of that. So that means he's going to be able to judge rightly. And he'll be able to do it correctly. And then at the end of the verse, each man's praise will come to him from God. Now, let me make this practical. The reason why we have to stop judging one another is because, number one, we don't know the things that are hidden in the darkness about each other. And number two, we don't know each other's motives. I have no clue. I'm like Nick Tenow, a great piano playing. Thank you so much. The piano. Yes, the piano. Um, so, but I, I can't... Nick's awesome, right? To give him the hand, okay? He's awesome, yes, okay? But... But Nick has some secrets, some deep, dark secrets, right? And he's got a heart that no one, we, we can't see his heart. We don't know what drives him. We don't know what motivates him. We don't know what his motives are. We don't know those things. But we think we do. We actually think we do. We overestimate our ability to know what makes a person tick. This is a problem in all relationships, We think we are smarter when it comes to judging the hearts of other people than we actually uh, are. But we think we can. We think we know what drives Nick. We think that he played the piano tonight because he wanted kudos from all of... No, I'm just joking, right? We can make all kinds of guesses as to why he does what he does, and typically we're going to be wrong. So Paul says, stop judging, stop passing judgment on one another, especially when it comes to motives, because we're going to get it wrong every time. Wait until the day when Jesus comes, because he'll get it right. Let me give you an example. So, uh, at home in, in Menifee, where uh, uh, we live, trash day is on Wednesdays. Wednesday morning is trash day. Who else lives in Menifee? Anyone? Trash day, Wednesday, same. Do you do you know what day trash day is? <laughs> is it Wednesday? You don't know. I just take it out when I It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. Okay. All right. So uh, on Tuesday, typically I'm out. I'm out most of the day, and then TC uh, training center at night time. I get home late. So Serena has got into the practice of taking out the trash cans for me on Tuesday so that when I get home, I don't have to do it. And then it's ready to go when the the trash collection truck comes along on Wednesday morning. So I'm driving in the driveway late Tuesday night after training center and I look across and I'm like, where's the trash cans? There's no trash cans out there. There's nothing there. How could she do this to me? And so I'm driving in, and, uh, and, and I get in the garage, and my mind is ticking. And I'm thinking to myself, I, I know why. She, she's getting me back. I didn't do the dishes this morning, and now she's paying me back because I didn't do the dishes. This is her revenge. <laughs> or I could come up with other ideas. I could be thinking, okay, been married 27 years. Her love for me is not what it used to be. Her love for me has taken a dime. And now, here's the first sign. She's not taking the trash cans out anymore. She's not going to do it. 
And I'm picking up on this. I'm, I'm thinking, I know, I know what drives her. I know her motives. And I'm guessing already why the trash cans are not on the street. Now, when I walk in the door, guess what's going to happen? My demeanor, <laughs> my attitude, my whole approach to her is going to be very condescending, very judgmental, very critical. And my first words are going to be something like, Serena, so the trash cans aren't out there. What's wrong? What did I do, you know? What's happened to your love for me? You promised to love me. <laughs> August 31st, 1991. But, but the, the whole time I'm judging motives and I'm doing exactly what Paul says not to do. I think I know her so well that I think I know why she didn't do what she would normally do. Make sense? Now, we all do this. Now, women, women in the back and over here, you all have a name for this. Because you do it all the time. It's called women's intuition. Okay? And you're willing to own up to it, right? Women's intuition. You know why your siblings and friends and parents and family, you know what drives them. You think you do anyway. And you've got this name for it. But what I want to tell you tonight is, I want to be on Paul's side here. Cut that out. It's sin. Now, us men, we don't have a name for it, but but we're not off the hook. (laughs) Because we do it too. We all do it. Listen, we all overestimate our ability to judge someone else's heart. We all do this. And I want to give you an opportunity now. I want you to get in pairs. So sweet couples like this, okay? Now, Now, I want you to get with someone that you actually do spend a bit of time with. So someone that you know fairly well. And I'm, I'm looking for couples, not, not triplets, but couples, okay? So figure it out, like cousins and stuff, okay? All right. Uh, and, and if you're alone, then find someone else that's alone and you'll, you'll make it work, okay? All right, now here's the question. So I, I, just, I just bore my soul. I just told you how much I judge my wife's heart. I want you to... In your discussion with, with your partner, share, like, maybe you're already thinking about a time when you've done this too. When you have judged someone else's heart. I'll give you another example. My uh, sister-in-law, years ago, she came to me and she said, Hey, Nigel, can I, can I please borrow your camera? This was before iPhones, before cell phones were cameras. We had the real camera with the film in it that you click and get developed you know and she came and she said uh could i borrow your camera i'm sure i said I'm, i said why yeah why and she said well if that's the way that you're gonna be i don't want your camera and she walked out <laughs> and i'm thinking what just happened <laughs> and what happened was she judged my heart now maybe i I'm going to take some of the blame, okay? I could have been clearer. I could have not been so interested in the reason why she wanted to use my camera, I guess. But she judged my heart. It affected our relationship. And until that thing was restored, we weren't... Well, she wasn't talking to me, okay? I can tell you this because she's not here. It's okay. You don't even know her name. Uh, but we, listen, we all do this to one another. I've done this many times. Listen, you have done this. So, in couples... Find the time that you have done this and share it with your partner. Would you do that right now? Give you five minutes. Go.
Go. Oh yeah. Hey guys, it doesn't it doesn't have to be against each other. It can be towards someone else. Okay. Okay. Oh, uh, what's it for? How long? How long do I have? Recording. Oh, is it real? Give us a sampling of what you got. Any, any, any takers? Anyone at all? Extra brownie points in heaven? Yes, okay. Basically, if I commit to something and somebody asks me to do something, I say, yeah, sure. And then plans change. Like, they'll tell me later, actually, we're going to change it. Don't worry. Then I'll automatically think that I did something or that it was something with me. Uh-huh. Yeah, you run to all kinds of conclusions. Yeah. Guesswork as to why they changed their plans. Okay, good. Thank you very much. Not him. He never changes his plans. He's always consistent, always faithful. Yes. All right, good. What else? Any, any other uh, examples? Thank you so much. Zenia, you've got your pencil. <laughs> what you got? Okay. Or, and I get upset at them when they were 
Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah, a person just asks you a genuine question in love, and you run to all kinds of conclusions as to why they're checking up on you and how they don't trust you and this kind of stuff. Okay? Great. Good. All right. What else? Kevin. So, I had an old friend who wanted to borrow money from me, mm-hmm. and he, in the past, has like never paid me back. And so this time I was thinking, well, no, I'm not going to give you money this time because you never paid me back before. And he was actually moving like to Idaho the next week. So then he kept asking for money, and I told him no. And then I kind of got a little mad because I was, I was judging him from like what he'd done in the past. Okay. And then it turned out like he didn't even need the money, so... Yeah, that that twist at the end kind of threw me off. But yeah, up until then I was checking. I I got you. Okay, but you were judging as hard as to why he was asking for the money. Yeah, he wanted like twenty bucks, and I was like, sorry. Okay. All right. Good. All right. All right, James. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because he's always this way. Yeah. The Anthony. He's always been this way. <laughs> since he was born. Yeah. What else? What else you got? Yes. When my coworkers are acting funny, uh-huh. I, I like, don't know why, but then they mention something about like a task they didn't want to do, and then they're acting funny, so I assume that they were upset about that thing, and then uh-huh. I ask them, like, Hey, like, are you really that upset about this one thing? Uh-huh. And then they're, they're like, why did you assume that I was upset about that one thing? Like, assuming that they're, the reason why they're upset is because of one thing they mentioned earlier. Great. Great. It happens in, at work all the time, it's things like this. What else? Other examples? Yes, Nikolai. Uh, there's been a lot of times with my younger brother that I think, like, anything he's doing is just to annoy me. Because uh-huh. <laughs> I do that to him sometimes, so I think it's finally payback. And so... I just pick on like things where he'll just be eating, mm-hmm. and I think like he's like making it extra loud or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it, it really bugs me, but really he's just being innocent and like the whole thing. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Mason. Yeah, yeah, go, Trevor. I, I do this a lot when I'm driving. Uh huh. I assume that this person intentionally cut me off. Yeah. I'm on the brakes. Uh huh. I would say most of the time they probably just didn't see me. Because <laughs> they're intentionally on their phone. Yeah. <laughs> but I just assume drivers are generally bad at driving. Right. Right. Yeah, how dare they not use their indicator and cut me off? Yeah, crazy. Yeah, all right. Any other examples? Judging motives, yes. If anyone sends you a text that says they want to talk. Oh, yeah. Call me. I want to talk to you. <laughs> oh man. All kinds of guesswork sits in. Alright. Okay, good. So, you all admit that we do this, right? We all do this. We judge motives. And, uh, and we judge motives because we think we're good at it. We think that we've become well trained at doing this. And let me tell you this, just because we get it right sometimes does not at all justify the fact that we do it. Because Paul says, cut it out. He just says, cut it out. 
And he doesn't say, like, train yourself to be better or, or do, it, do it better in the future. No, he says stop doing it all together. It doesn't matter whether you, you, you judge motives correctly or incorrectly. He says in either case, just stop doing it, period. Make sense? Now, if I walk in the door at home and, and the trash cans are not on the street and I walk in I, and, and Serena, I say, Serena, how come the trash cans are not out there? And she says, you know, I had a migraine. I just didn't feel good today. Um, you know, there was an emergency. Something came up. I just, I just didn't get to it. Well, boy, aren't I going to feel stupid? Because I judged wrongly the whole time. Now, what if she says this? She says, yep, so there. <laughs> All right. So many of the trash cans are not on the street. Yeah, take that. Well, now I'm not judging motives anymore. I'm pretty much clear on what her heart is. Right? And we can have a discussion. Listen, we're not talking about not judging sin. Yeah, Matthew 18 is real clear. If someone sins, you go to them and you talk to them about it, right? It's, it's simple when they sin. What we're talking about here tonight is when you are trying to guess or evaluate why someone did what they did or said what they said. That's a whole other area. So we're talking about guesswork, judging, hearts, looking into someone's soul as if, we, as if we're good at it when we really aren't that good at it at all. We're certainly not like Jesus. So when Jesus comes, end of verse 5, he says, he will do the judging, and then each man's praise will come to him from God. Here's principle number one. This is what I want you to go home with tonight. There's two. Here's the first one. Stop judging people's motives. That's it. Stop judging people's motives. Just don't do it anymore. By the way, this is not just a help, helpful hint. It's not a little tip to make relationships better. This, this, is, this is sin. This, if, if, we, if we continue judging motives, we're actually going on in evil actions. We're choosing to dishonor God. We're actually choosing to steal Jesus' job. We think we can do Jesus' job for him. We're not willing to wait for him to come and do it. We're going to do it now ourselves. We've overestimated ourselves to judge. We're going to do it now. So Paul says, cut it out. And if you choose to continue, it's sin. So let's listen up on this one. That's number one. Number two. Let's keep going. Verse six. He says, now, these things, brethren. He's talking to the Corinthians. He says, Corinthians, I have figuratively applied these things to myself and Apollos for your sakes. Let's stop there. He's writing to this church in Corinth. And he says, listen, guys, I have applied these principles to myself. And I've, I've applied the principles to Apollos. But both of us are here and we're trying to model these things. We're trying to be an example to you. Now, there's this word figuratively. It's kind of a confusing word. He says, I've figuratively applied <laughs> these things to myself. At, all. at first glance, it seems like he's just pretending to apply them. <laughs> he's just make-believing <coughs> that he's applying these things to his life. That's not the case. Think of a figure, a fig, the word figuratively as an example, as a model, as a picture, a figure, a picture. He wants his life to be a picture or an example of application that the Corinthians can look at and follow. So he's figuratively applied or by example applied these things to himself. 
And he does it, it says there, in the middle of the verse, he says, for your sakes, Corinthians, so you can look at us and, and watch our example and follow our ways. Then, look at, look at what he says next. He says, I've applied this to myself so that in us, in, in me and Apollos, so that you Corinthians may learn not to exceed what is written. That's the point that I want to kind of camp on here. He wants the Corinthians to, to learn not to exceed, not to go beyond, not to go past what has been written. Now, we have to ask, what's, what's been written? So he's talking here about uh, giving instructions to the Corinthians. He wants them to not go beyond what's written. What for them has been written in the past? What have they received that's been written? The Old Testament. Yep, and uh, some of the New Testament has already been written. Some of those letters have been passed around as well. But God's word has been written and delivered to them. And the Corinthians have it. And he wants the Corinthians not to exceed God's word. He, he wants them to learn not to go beyond the scriptures. Now, let me explain how this works. I'm... I'm driving in the driveway, same, same scenario. The trash cans are not out there on the street. And the reason why I think in my mind that I'm justified in my judgment of Serena, I've, I've convinced myself that I can judge her because in my mind I have set up this rule, and the rule is this, that in Menifee, on Tuesday nights, all godly wives put the trash cans out. <laughs> That's just what they do. If they claim to be godly and they live in Menifee, then they're going to put the trash cans out on Tuesday nights. And I've, I've set up this standard now. I've, I've created this rule and I've got used to my rule because she's done it like for yonks. She's got this habit of putting the trash cans out on Tuesday nights. So now I'm thinking, well, this is just right. This is the right, this is what godly wives do. So now I have this rule in my mind, this expectation in my mind. And when she fails to meet my expectations, now I think I'm justified in, in criticizing her and judging her. Now, the problem with my rule for her or my expectation is that there's no verse in the Bible that says that godly wives who live in Menifee put the trash cans out on Tuesday nights. It's just not there. I looked for it. It's not there. <laughs> I really wanted it to be there. It's not there. But the thing is, I've gone beyond Scripture. Now, the Bible has commandments. The Bible has principles and rules to live by. These are the rules that God has provided for us. And we ought to learn to be content with those. But every time we create new rules and new expectations for people, and now we hold people to our standards, our rules, our expectations, now we're going to get ourselves into a whole lot of trouble. Is this making sense? Now, here's what I want you to do. By the way, uh, went into, I was a few months ago now, uh, went over to Hemet, to the DMV office. Someone told us that if you go to the DMV office in Hemet, they're not as busy. Why well, they lied. Well, I don't, I don't know. They, we got there and it was busy. And, uh, and I, went, I had to get my license uh, renewed. 
And all I needed was a, at the end of the process was a photograph. That's all I needed. It's a pho simple photograph. It takes like 30 seconds to get a picture, right? But I'm in this line, like with 10 people, and I'm standing there, and this line is not moving, not one bit. And the guy behind the counter taking the pictures, he's talking to his mates. He's eating, he's taking a sip on his Slurpee. He's like giggling and joking around. And I'm like, dude, do your job. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm waiting. And it's been like, sorry, who's, someone's probably making a rule. Like, don't kick my guitar. So, <laughs> but my rule for this guy is hurry up. These people are waiting. I'm waiting. And I'm getting, I'm getting aggravated because he's not meeting my expectation. <coughs> Turns out the camera was broken. And he's waiting for someone to fix it. See, now, see what I've done? My standard and my expectation justified me, myself, in judging his heart. I judged his heart. I thought he was lazy and, and, uh, and just not caring about anyone. In actual fact, the camera was broken. But it all starts with me making a rule for his life, the way he should act. So, same thing again. Get into your couples and see if you can come up with an extra-biblical rule. I'm talking about, listen, the Bible says don't lie. So that's not a good example. I'm looking for a, an example of something that you've added, like an extra layer over Scripture, your rule, your expectation that you can't find in the Bible, and you've applied it to the lives of others. All right? There's so many... There's so many. So uh, make a list if you have to, and then we'll share. I'll give you a few minutes. Go. Thank you. 
Okay. Let's uh, come on back. All right. You got some good stuff. Some good examples. Who wants to go first? Okay, all the way down the back. Re-rack the weights when you when you <laughs> 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 But there's a thing assigned there that sits there, right? Uh, it's, it's a most gym's gonna have that. Oh, re-rack the weights at the gym. Alright. And when they don't do when they don't do that, what what what's your response gonna be? Oh frustration. Just frustration. <laughs> and bitterness in your heart. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Good, alright. Great, what else? What else you got? Using proper English and punctuations in texting. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. So, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I kind of like that. <laughs> Great, what else? Uh, can't take a bait into a movie. Oh. Probably a rule for that too, isn't it? <laughs> Gotta be. Kevin. Making sure the toilet paper is facing the right way. The what, what is? The toilet paper is facing the right way. Ah, yes. <laughs> yeah. Major faux pas. Like, if someone gets that wrong, like, it's the end of the world. Right. Yeah, yeah. Not using your turn signals. Okay. Great. All right. What else? But actually, that's, a, that's just a law. That's a California law. <laughs> See, that one doesn't apply, because that's just the law, right? And so, yeah, and, uh, yes. If you finish off a box of something, you put the box back. Yeah. Yes. Like that. Oh, the empty box. Yeah. Gotcha. Or even worse, you leave, like, three Cheerios in there. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> know what you want before you go up and order. Yes. <laughs> that just makes sense. That's great. They, these people that I drive with on the road should all be thankful that I'm here. <laughs> Making ways for them. Right? Yeah. Do not leave your dirty dish in the sink for hours on end and expect me to clean it eventually. <laughs> Well, wow, that's a good one, because that's going to lead to all kinds of problems, all right. So I get off at Winchester a whole lot just because I work down that road, and uh -huh. um, there's like the two lanes that you can go to get off on that street, and uh -huh. people all the time, they will lane change in front of me, like they're going to go and turn right, but down more down the ramp they go back into the other lane right like you're turn just left. make up your mind yes. is what that is like, what you're you saying you make up your mind <laughs> yeah yeah no one should have the ability to change their mind is what you're saying right yes so if i'm in a, in a public place like a grocery store or costco and i'm walking behind someone and they're not moving very quickly oh i get gosh. very frustrated i'm like you must be a lazy person. <laughs> you need to move like you actually have a purpose in life. <laughs> That's a good way. Well, listen, we all know this about Trevor because do, do you know how fast he walks? Have you seen him? He's on a mission anywhere. Okay, yes. Don't be late. Don't be late. Yeah. I like that one. 
Boy, you, you're going to have a hard time. <laughs> so, all right. What else? Yes. Uh, if people show up to a party, but their breath smells like they eat onions, Fritos, and like... <laughs> Terrible. All right. So, listen. We've all got extra-biblical rules and expectations that we hold others to. And I tell you what, the reason why... We do this is because in our heart of hearts, we don't think that God's rules are sufficient. We're going to add our own. We're going to pile on more because God's laws are just here and we expect more from people. And when they don't meet our expectation, then we're going to get angry with them. Listen, if uh, if Serena was here, uh, I would still do this with you and I'd probably have fun with her. But she is just a little bit OCD. Do you know this about her? (laughs) OCD. Like, if you look in our pantry, all the cans are like the labels of the right, are like facing out, they're color coded, they're like in lines. And she'll go there and she will just tweak things just a little bit just to make sure it's right. So, that's just one example. Listen, I, I, we've been married 27 years and it's taken her this long for her to teach me how to fold my towel. So in the in the bathroom, in the bathroom, I've got I she's got a towel, I have a towel, and uh, and apparently, the the proper way to fold the towel is you you fold it first lengthways, and the label the the, the label has to be in on the inside of the fold. Is this true? On the inside. And then when I put it over the, over the rack, it's on the back side on the inside of the fold. Not only that, but it's got to be that the open side of that folded towel is facing away from the door so that when you walk in the door to the bathroom, you're looking at the fold, not the open side. Is this true? I don't know. So, I'm, I'm kind of satisfied as, if it's, as long as it's not on the floor. You know, that's just my standard. She wants it to be done this way. Now, here's the nice thing about Serena. If she made this her expectation, her law, her rule for me, every time I failed to keep her expectations, she would be angry with me because she's so OCD. She goes crazy. It was crazy stuff for her. But the nice thing is, she's not. She holds this thing very loosely. So she'll come to me, and she's come to me a few times over the years. And Nigel, I just want to remind you that the right way <laughs> put the towel is this way, and she's told me many times. And, uh, and then if I, I'll do it for a while and maybe I get it, start messing up routinely and she's gracious. But the thing is, she hasn't got this high and mighty attitude of judgmentalism because it's a suggestion. Now, let's, listen, I, I'm her loving husband. I want to care for her needs. I want to I please her. And I want to do what what would meet her preferences. I really do. I just want to make her life easier. If she can walk into the bathroom and, and just go, ah, <laughs> then I want to do that for her. But she knows and I know that we're going to be real careful not to make rules for one another because once you start doing that, we're going to have a whole lot of troubles in marriage 
and it's not going to work. But here's the problem. We've all done it. We all do this. Now, look at this. We're almost done. He says, uh, in, uh, middle of verse 6, learn not to exceed what is written. This is principle number two. What was the first one? Don't judge motives. Stop judging motives. Number two, don't go beyond Scripture. That's number two. Don't go beyond Scripture. And you know what that means. Don't create rules for other people that you can't find in the Bible. Just don't do it. Learn not to do that anymore. Uh, And look at this here. This is what it says. Uh, Learn not to exceed what is written so that no one of you will become arrogant on behalf of one against the other. Isn't that what it really comes down to? I'm arrogantly making rules for others to live up to. They need to meet my standards, do it my way, in my time. And if they don't, I'm going to judge them and I don't care what anyone else says. How arrogant is that? So arrogant. And yet we all do it. And Paul says, cut it out. Don't do that anymore. And then look at this. Verse 7, the first few words he says, for who regards you as so superior? He's almost like facetious, like really dry sense of humor. Like, who do you think you are? Corinthians? Who do you think you are? Judging hearts and creating rules for one another and then feeling good about yourself when you judge their hearts because they didn't keep your rules. Who, th- who do you think you are? So this is, these are two things. I'm just, this, we're done. So I, wa- I want you to go away with two principles. Stop judging motives. And don't go beyond God's word. And I guarantee you, if you can get those two things down, it will smooth the way, it will pave the way to much more healthy relationships. But it's going to be a discipline. This is not easy. Both of those things are not easy. But you can remind one another, Serena and I will say often to to each other, are you judging my motives? And she'll be like, no, are you judging mine? So, and so we, we do this, and we've kind of made it a fun thing. But we're constantly reminding each other that we need to be gracious. You know what it comes down to? We just want to be kind to one another. That's what it really is. Just be gracious, be patient, be loving. And don't hold ourselves in such high regard that everyone else is measured according to what we think they should be. Make sense? So we'll stop there. So I pray. Yes? All right. Father, help us. These two principles are not easy. They're so ingrained that our disobedience in these two areas are so ingrained. They've become such habits in us, we don't even realize how much we do it. And so, Lord, help us to evaluate our own souls just more carefully, more accurately. Point out those areas in which we do it. Even, Lord, help us to to have others uh, to have others come to us and point out when we fail in these areas so that we could learn and grow and mature to put these principles into practice. Lord, we, we wanna we wanna do this for for your sake, for your glory. We all also know that it will lead to way more healthy relationships, that we want that as well. Lord help us to be humble. Help us to be kind and gracious to one another, we pray in your name. Amen. Amen.